الحمد للہ الحمد للہ محجورا صدق اللہ العظیم come back to Allah Ta'ala, get our direction, our focus. And among the things in Ramadan that we are to be really refocusing with is terms of the Qur'an Sharif. The month of Ramadan and the Qur'an Sharif are very, very closely related. The ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was just recited, Allah Ta'ala says, that شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ It was the month of Ramadan when the Qur'an was revealed. The Qur'an was revealed over a lengthy period of time, over 23 years, to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But from the lawhe mahfuz, where the Qur'an was, to the lowest heaven, it was revealed in the month of Ramadan. And then to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from there. So the point is that Qur'an Sharif and Ramadan are very closely attached. And Ramadan comes to reaffirm our ta'alluq with the Qur'an Sharif, our link, our connection. How deeply are we connected with the Qur'an Sharif? So the Qur'an Sharif has many rights over us. And more than the importance of other rights are the rights of the Qur'an Sharif. In the world that we live in, there's a lot of emphasis on human rights and this rights and that rights, even animal rights. And indeed, Allah Ta'ala has given rights to every creation. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came past, there was a camel standing out there. And the camel came right next to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and it began tearing. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam inquired, who is the owner of this animal? So they replied, so and so. so. He called for him and he says, this animal is complaining that you are taking more work from it than its capacity. You are burdening it beyond its capacity. And then he reprimanded him. So the lesson in this is that even the animals have rights. The very famous hadith where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes that one lady who was very pious in the Bani Israel. But she ended up in Jahannam due to the oppression that she committed on a cat. That she tied it, kept it confined, she didn't allow it to go and fend for itself, find its own food, she didn't feed it as well, until it died. Despite her piety, she ended up in Jahannam. 
So if animals have that amount of rights, indeed, we've got to fulfill that rights. So how much more rights humans will have? And those humans who are close to us, our own immediate family, our parents, our near and dear ones, what rights they will have? So if disregarding the rights of an animal can be so serious, what about disregarding the rights of human beings? And then those who are close to us, who have greater rights upon us. So in any case, all rights are in their place. But like we talk about rights of this person and that person, and rights of animals and rights of everything else, and all that is in his place, but there are rights of the Qur'an Sharif as well. And in terms of human relationships, this is a bit of a different topic in itself. Though Allah Ta'ala has apportioned the rights of everybody, and explained these rights in the Qur'an Sharif as well, in the Ahadith, the Bees has explained it. But the mizaj and the temperament of deen is the fulfillment of duties. You'll find the details of what are the duties and responsibilities and the emphasis on fulfilling duties. The world out there at the moment is a different situation. The whole mizaj and the temperament of the world is the demanding of rights. Everybody must demand their rights. The husband must demand his rights. The wife must demand her rights. The parents must demand their rights. The children must demand their rights. And every person, the employer must demand his rights and the employee must demand his rights. So now when everybody is only going to be focused on demanding their rights, the end result is in front of us. That everybody is busy demanding rights and there's a riot carrying on all the time. In the falls of the home, there's a riot because everybody is demanding rights. But Deen has given us a different manner and approach. That every person to become concerned about fulfillment of his responsibilities. So the husband fulfills his responsibility, the wife won't have any right left to demand. And if the wife fulfills her responsibilities, the husband won't be demanding any rights. Like that parents and children, employer and employee, and any other situation in society. So this is what has been taught to us. The fulfillment of responsibilities. And when it came to rights, Nabi Wasallam once said to the Ansar, that a time will come, later in time, You'll find that you are entitled to something, somebody else is being given it. So your right is gone somewhere else. So how much you demand it? The Visa Asim didn't teach any demanding of rights. Fasbiru. Hatta tal qawni ala al-hawd. Adopt sabr. You'll meet me at Hawzeh Kawsar. I will fulfill that right of yours on that day. I will compensate you on that day. So this is the manner which Deen has taught to maintain that peace in society. To maintain that happiness. To maintain that calm. Otherwise, out there in the world, what is the position is obvious. 
So in any case, we are talking about the rights of the Qur'an Sharif. The Qur'an Sharif has rights upon us as well. And when these rights of the Qur'an Sharif won't be fulfilled, then who will take the case up? The case will be taken up by none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. On the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Qur'an Sharif. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا that when Nabi Sallallahu will complain to Allah Ta'ala, Oh my Rabb, my people forsook the Qur'an Sharif. They abandoned it. Abandoned it how? By not fulfilling its rights. So they abandoned the Qur'an Sharif. Can we imagine Nabi Sallallahu being the complainant in the court of Allah Ta'ala? And who can now be saved from that situation? It will be a disastrous situation. So in this Mubarak month of Ramadan, this is also an extremely important thing that we reconnect ourselves strongly with the Qur'an Sharif. Fulfilling and bringing ourselves to start fulfilling all the rights of the Qur'an Sharif. So some of the rights of the Qur'an Sharif that we will just discuss, there are many rights, but some of the rights of the Qur'an Sharif that we should try to be very conscious about. The first right of the Qur'an Sharif is Iman Bil Qur'an. Complete faith in the Qur'an Sharif, complete belief in the Qur'an Sharif, without the slightest iota of any doubt, any hesitation in accepting what the Qur'an Sharif has said. We are living in a very vicious world. And the propaganda carries on relentlessly out there. And as a result, sometimes a person who is even performing salah five times, let alone somebody who is not even conscious of deen in that regard, somebody outwardly is performing salah, is five daily salah is performing, is regarded as a very good Muslim, and indeed that is a fundamental pillar of deen. But sometimes such a person also makes such a statement and utters some things which actually render the person's iman null and void. And he still continued in his salah also, but he doesn't even realize that he is making statements of kufr with regards to his belief in the Qur'an Sharif. For example, the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about the law of inheritance. And in this law of inheritance, the detail that comes is that the male share, in the case of brothers and sisters, for example, sons and daughters, so the male share is double that the female share. Allah Ta'ala's law. Allah Ta'ala is all hakim, he's wise, all wise. Allah Ta'ala knows why he has made the law in which manner. Now you get sometimes a person because of the propaganda, because of the things that keep being said, and now he doesn't have the knowledge to understand things in their proper perspective. And due to not having knowledge, he is just taking things, this is the danger of listening to anything and everything. And reading up anything and everything. So you know, we have a very open mind. Mustn't be narrow-minded. But in that open mind, we are falling into open error. And falling sometimes into open kufr also, Allah forbid. Now the person, due to this propaganda, due to this bombardment, Starts making a statement, but this doesn't sound fair. Who is the arbiter and who is going to decide what is fair? Allah Ta'ala's law, Allah Ta'ala created us, Allah Ta'ala is the 
creator of the universe and we are talking about Allah Ta'ala's law doesn't sound fair Na'uzubillah doesn't sound fair what does this mean? Na'uzubillah it's unfair Allah Ta'ala is unfair this is a statement of kufr and the person makes a statement like this and carries on and doesn't even think what has happened this is a statement that has rendered his iman null and void so we have to be very very careful in this regard what we are saying, what we are doing the Quran Sharif complete iman in everything Allah Ta'ala has given without any reservation whatsoever in our hearts our understanding is very limited we have to accept unreservedly and we don't have the knowledge, we refer to those who have correct knowledge. Otherwise, so-called knowledge is available more than it ever was available. So-called knowledge. Which much of it is far away from the reality. It's deviation. Ibn Sirin, rahimahullah, he gave the advice that inna hadal ilma deenun فَانْظُرُوا عَمَّنْ تَأْخُذُونَ دِينَكُمْ Great tabi'i, Sayyidu tabi'in saying this ilm, this knowledge is also deen. So beware of who you take this deen from. Every person is not the person to take deen from, and knowledge from. Otherwise, in a very, very uh, nicely packaged way, it will be packaged in a very nice package, but inside is deviation. Beautiful slogans. Like the slogan sometimes will be, you must follow Quran and Hadith. Bas. So outwardly, it's a beautiful slogan. And who can dispute that? That that is the way forward. To follow the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah There is no other way. But what is behind the statement? Like on one occasion, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Somebody said something. So, he replied and said, Kalimatu haqqin urida bihil batil. The statement that is being said is 100%. Can't fault the statement. But the statement has a corrupted agenda behind it. The statement is 100%. Sometimes a person is saying something is 100%. But his purpose of saying it is something else. He is using it for a corrupted agenda. So now the statement, very beautiful slogan, mashallah. Who can dispute the slogan? Let's follow only Quran and Sunnah. But behind this, there's an agenda. That all these fuqaha, these imams and taqlid, all this is waste of time. All this is, there's, there's no place for all this. But only follow Quran and Sunnah. In other words, abandon these means by which this Quran and Sunnah has been transmitted to you. So now you do what you want. So every person now opens the Quran Sharif and he decides for himself. And in the Hadith, Nabi Sallallahu has clearly stated, "Man qala fil Qur'ani bi ra'ihi fa'asaba faqad akhta'a." Man qala fil Qur'ani bi ra'ihi falyatabawwa maqadahu min al-nar. Person who says or expresses his own personal opinions in the Quran Sharif. He doesn't have the complete knowledge of all the ayat of the Quran Sharif, the general ahadith of Rasulullah Now he is very very selected understanding he has. 
very confined understanding. And in the light of that confined understanding is trying to now come to conclusions. So one person made that kind of conclusion. He says that it's, as long as you don't come intoxicated to salah, then it's fine, you can have it. If you're taking something that some intoxicant is okay. The Quran Sharif says that لا تقربوا الصلاة وأنتم سكارا Don't come close to salah when you are intoxicated. In other words, if you are intoxicated, don't come for salah. You can be intoxicated other times, alright. Now he's quoting Quran Sharif. He's quoting an ayat from the Quran Sharif. But this is as a result of, that's why the statement, they say, Neem Hakim Khatraya Jan. The person who is a half doctor, then life is very, life is in danger. One person came to one village in India those days, so they were all these Hakims. So the procedure in that village was these Hakims, that any Hakim is uh, Yunani doctors they used to be. So if any patient that he was treating died, that he must keep one lamp burning outside his house. One patient died, one lamp. Second patient died, second lamp. So now, this was a little lamp, a candle or whatever. He must keep that burning. So people can now judge by that, what's going on. So somebody wants to now get treated, and he sees this person, there's no place to walk through his doorways, only lamps there. So he can decide whether he wants to have his lamp also there. So one person came, he was an outsider, and he knew about this, is how it goes around, he needed to get treated. So he went around, past all the Hakim's doors, somebody had five lambs, somebody ten, somebody three, somebody five. Eventually one had only one. So he said, well this person is the right person. So he came, so after he sat around, started discussing his problem. And in the course of the conversation, as this diagnosis, everything was carrying on, so he asked him up to this date, how many patients you treated? So he said, I treated one. The lamp was already on. So this was also a name Hakim. He was also somebody who had just some, picked up something maybe from Google or something. Whether they had Google in that zamana, we don't know. So the Google of that time, whatever it might have been, the so-called grapevine, he picked up something from there and started practicing. So he's taking everybody to Khabaristan. So worse than that is Neem Hakim khatra iman Neem Mullah khatra iman The person who has half knowledge, picked up one book here, looked at something there, and now he has become the sheikh of the time. He is dispensing fatwa now. This is khatra iman Person's iman is going to be in danger. So the issue is that iman bil Qur'an, having complete faith in the Qur'an Sharif, and here now a person is abandoning all those means via which this correct meaning and understanding of the Qur'an Sharif was transmitted. So as a result now he's expressing his own views, his own opinion. The Bismillah says the person who expresses his own opinion with regards to the Qur'an Sharif, فَلْيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ He should prepare his abode in the fire of Jahannam. And in the process he said something which he just by chance got it right. فَأَصَابَ فَقَدْ أَخْتَأَ he still has made a grave error. Like a child now, he just suddenly jumped behind the steering and he managed to just drive from one point and hit the car to the next point. 
So nobody says, well now it's fine. First time in his life he just did it too. And it came right. So it's okay. He can drive around. They give him a license. He said, you dare do it again. Watch out. He didn't damage the car in any way. He got to the, wherever he was going safely. He said, dare ever you do this again. Because this was, as they call it, in a little bit of a crude way, it just fructed. That next time he'll make such a blunder, he'll kill himself. So without that license, he won't be allowed to drive. So the small little thing like driving a car, person has to have the correct understanding and knowledge of how this happens. And the Quran Sharif, everybody's plaything it becomes. Person says what he wants, how he wants. And all the understanding that the fuqaha gained directly from the tabi'een, they gained it from the sahaba kiram the fuqaha then codified it, and they clarified all the details. Now a person says, leave all this. And what the end result of that becomes? He says, no, you can't follow all these people. All these people, you must follow Quran Sharif directly. But in the process, who is following? He abandoned all the great imams of the time, and the fuqaha, etc. He starts following somebody of this time and age. But he won't be ready to accept it. The bottom line is, he's following somebody. Because you ask the person, okay, you're performing your salah, so what will you do? He says, first I'll make wudu. How will you make wudu? Okay, first you'll gargle your mouth. Where you learn this from? So he says, in the hadith. Which hadith? So he doesn't know the hadith. Or if he knows the hadith, okay, this hadith, where it is, is in Bukhari Sharif. Very well. Who related it in Bukhari Sharif? Imam Bukhari related it. From who he related it? His ustad. So, you following Imam Bukhari, rahmatullahi So then say you following somebody. So now who told you that Bukhari Sharif is authentic? You checked it out for yourself. You went and scrutinized all the chain of narrators. You following somebody still. And all the narrators of every hadith, you went and checked it out for yourself. You scrutinized the person's character. You checked what is the person's authenticity. You've got to follow somebody. And this is the usul and the principle that Allah Ta'ala Himself has laid in the Quran Sharif. There's two categories of people, two classes only. One is those who have the complete knowledge and those who don't. Allah Ta'ala is saying if you don't have that total, that level of knowledge, then you ask those who have the knowledge. So the first thing that we were speaking about was the, the Imam Bil Quran. And in this, this very important aspect of learning the Quran from the right people, taking the knowledge of the Quran Sharif from the right sources. Otherwise, a person in a very, very subtle way will get deviated and he won't even know where he finished off. Then the second right among the various rights of the Quran Sharif, the second right of the Quran Sharif is tilawat of Quran. And especially the Mubarak month of Ramadan, this has a very direct link with tilawat of the Quran Sharif. This is right from the very beginning of time. Nabi Islam himself, Hazrat Jibreel would come in the month of Ramadan and Jibreel would recite to Nabi Islam. Rabbi Islam would recite to Jibreel Islam. This door used to be made. Specifically in the month of Ramadan. And the last Ramadan of Nabi Islam's life, two doors of this nature were made. Our Akabir, if you look into their lives, the tilawat of the Quran Sharif was something that was a part and parcel of their lives. 
Imam Bukhari Rahmatullahi regarding him is mentioned also in the month of Ramadan. Every day he would make one khatam. And every three nights, a separate khatam in the night. And then one khatam in Taraweeh. All this would add up to 41 khatams in the month of Ramadan. And many of our kabir, one khatam a day used to be a common thing. One khatam a day, many used to make. Once Hazrat Shaykh Rahmatullah wrote to all those who were closely linked to him, his khulafa and so on, that I want everybody to write back to me after Ramadan how much tilawat they made. And then he also mentioned Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullah Imam Shafi Rahmatullah they used to make 61 khatams in the month of Ramadan. One khatam during the day, one at night, and one in Taraweeh. 61 khatams. So after the month of Ramadan, people started writing back as per instruction, so according to the instruction, they go to write now. Somebody wrote, I made 30 khatam, somebody 20, somebody 40. Hazrat Mawla Inam al-Hassan Sahib Rahmatullahi who was the Amir of Nizamuddin in his time, the entire Amir of the international Jamaat. So he wrote back, Alhamdulillah, with the fazl of Allah Ta'ala, this Ramadan, I made 61 khatams. Alhamdulillah, he matched it. So people... We're living in the same world and in this very era, we can call it. Not hundreds of years ago. In this century. But they had the himmat, Allah Ta'ala opened the way for them, they made the effort. Allah Ta'ala made it possible. So the extent a person strives for something, Allah Ta'ala opens the way forward. So tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the month of Ramadan and out of the month of Ramadan. Indeed, in the month of Ramadan, we will try to do the maximum. But there has to be some minimum amount of Qur'an Sharif you make tilawat of daily. And if you consider, if we just think about how many lines of other things we end up reading, and especially nowadays with everything in our hand, that we're walking around with, this news is coming and that news is coming and everything else, and we are getting to know what's happening throughout the world. But how many lines of Qur'an Sharif did we read for the day? Is there some balance? All these things are 99% of the time things that are futile. So the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif, there has to be some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif daily. The Qur'an Sharif is shifa. It is a cure for the hearts. Cure for the spiritual hearts. For all the ailments of the spiritual hearts. As the Shah Wasiullah one of the Senior Khulafa was a Tanwi Rahmatullahi. Generally, the tarbiyat of his murids he would make via tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Person would come, this is my problem, that is my problem, spiritual problem. And the thing he would emphasize on is this amount of Quran Sharif you recite daily. And he would immerse people in the recitation of Quran Sharif. And that would sort out the issues in the proper manner, reciting with the correct adab and etiquette with the correct frame of mind. Because the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned, shifa'ul lima fi sudur, wa rahmatul lil It is hidayat. It is rahmat. So, unfortunately, we keep ourselves so far away from this rahmat, this hidayat, this nur, this shifa. Allah Ta'ala has made it shifa for the spiritual heart. We do use the Qur'an Sharif for shifa physically. 
And Allah Ta'ala has kept the effect of the Qur'an Sharif in all these things. Surah Al-Fatiha, Nabi Islam himself has said it is Surah Al-Shifa. Once some Sahaba were out somewhere on one expedition, and somebody was, they came to a place where somebody was very, very ill. He had been bitten by a snake or something. And this poison had now affected him. So the Sahaba had just come, so some of the local people, they requested, please do something. So one Sahabi recited something, and he then blew on him. Alhamdulillah, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, he gained shifa. So in any case, a long incident, just the crux of it, when he came back, they explained the whole thing to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He asked him, what did you recite? He says, I recited this, Surah Al-Fatiha seven times. He says, who told you this is shifa? Indeed, this is shifa. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this is sabit from him, established from him. And Allah Ta'ala has placed the effect. But more than the physical cure we require is the spiritual cure. And the Qur'an Sharif is cure. Qur'an Sharif is shifa. So the regular constant recitation of the Qur'an Sharif, tilawat daily, there shouldn't be a day in our life that has passed without tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. This Mubarak month of Ramadan has come. Alhamdulillah we are engaged in this tilawat. We should now make this firm resolution that the month of Ramadan will go, tilawat won't go. The month of Ramadan will go, but tilawat must continue. Maybe we won't be able to maintain the same pace. We have more time now in Ramadan for those who are in Atikaf especially. We will have our responsibilities, we will have our duties. But that minimum amount that we should bear, make sure that never is missed. So tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is the right of the Qur'an Sharif. Then the right of the Qur'an Sharif is ta'zimul Qur'an. The respect and the honor of the Qur'an Sharif. Again, this is something which as time goes, this gets lesser and lesser by the day. How the Qur'an Sharif is handled, how it's held, how it's kept. There was a time when it could not be imagined that the Qur'an Sharif would be carried in any way but person holding it on his chest. Every child also carried it only in one way. And any child carried it in some other way, immediately he was reprimanded, he learned it immediately. And now how many a times people have said themselves their own experiences, I've seen it with my own eyes as well, where sometimes you find that somebody is carrying the Qur'an Sharif in a haversack behind his back. What great disrespect this is to the Qur'an Sharif. And this is no fatwa that, I'm no mufti and I'm not giving any fatwa. But now the Qur'an Sharif has come again on those screens, in our devices, it's not a fatwa issue, but this is something which in our limited understanding, it appears that this too is contributing towards this azmat of the Qur'an Sharif decreasing. Because the Qur'an Sharif is when a person finds, when he puts it on, whatever the masla is, fatwa is, it's all in his place. Not getting into fatwa issues here. But he's now held the Qur'an Sharif, he's recited it, and he switched it on, off, and he put it in his pocket. So now, whether we will say now that that is now closed, so it doesn't, in the form of the Qur'an Sharif, exist as such. It's all in digital dots and whatever else. So he didn't really put the Qur'an Sharif in his pocket, all that in his place. But he knows he's just read the Qur'an Sharif, he's put it in his pocket now. Tomorrow he just read the Qur'an Sharif, the printed copy of the Qur'an Sharif too. Just says after that how he put this in his pocket, he's keeping that anyhow too. 
he's got this phone in his pocket and he's gone to the toilet. The fatwa, whatever is in his place. But subconsciously in his mind, this is his Quran as well. So in the subconscious, the Quran is now being handled in this way. Though technically, whatever it is, that's all in his place. So it's not a fatwa issue as I am repeatedly saying. But in our limited understanding, this too is becoming a contributing factor towards the azmat of the Quran Sharif, the adab of the Quran Sharif decreasing. In the way the Quran Sharif is handled, in the way it is respected. And the person who is doing it with adab today, maybe he'll still use it with adab, but that child who is looking at it, that this is being used in this manner, how he'll handle it tomorrow. So the adab of the Quran Sharif, the very famous incident of Bishr Hafi Rahmatullahi, person who was addicted to his bottle, person who was far away from deen, anybody lead, needed to find him, they could find him very easily in one place, in the pub. And one day he's coming back in this drunken state of his, and he finds something lying, which he recognizes to be some ayat of the Quran Sharif, or the name of Allah Ta'ala, on some paper is lying on the floor in the gutter, in the mud. So in that state of his also, he realized this, he picks it up, brings it home, he cleans out the dirt, whatever has come onto it, perfumes it, and he puts it with respect and adab on a high place. And then he goes to sleep. And this became the turning point in his life, this adab, adab of the name of Allah Ta'ala. This ta'zim of the Qur'an Sharif, ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Hazrat Mufti Shafi years ago had written an article and at that time too Pakistan was in a turmoil and he says that there can be many many factors that are contributing to what the current condition is many of these things are in the hadith already clearly explained people were engaged in certain things these will be the consequences but then he said that according to my understanding one major contributing factor is the total disrespect that is shown to the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. It was a very common thing. People would write articles in the newspaper, the daily newspaper. Now articles would be sometimes one column, a dini column. Now it's a newspaper like any other newspaper and there's one, one column and in there now a person is writing ayats. Now Urdu script, so they write the Arabic ayat as well. Not even just the translation. And newspaper is newspaper. How do people treat newspapers? How many people will treat that and take that out and remove it and keep it aside? Allah forbid, it was getting used like any other newspaper. And he stated that it, according to my understanding, one of the major contributing factors is this disrespect to the word of Allah. So sometimes you wonder that where are these problems coming in my life from? But what is also necessary for us to check is, that am I perhaps not guilty of this as well? Among other things. Sometimes the statement comes out from our tongues, I don't know what wrong I did. Difficulties are coming on me, I don't know what wrong I did. Ustaz he says, we should actually be saying, how much of wrong have I done? I don't know what wrong I didn't do. I don't know what wrong I didn't do. So what is coming is understandable. We sometimes regard ourselves as very, very clean and pure and above board. But we need to check sometimes, are we perhaps not guilty of these kind of things as well? 
the ta'zim of the Qur'an Sharif, the adab of the Qur'an Sharif, is this not being compromised in some way? Because this also invites the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So, the iman of the Quran, on the Qur'an Sharif, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the very crucial thing is amal bil Qur'an. This is the right of the Qur'an Sharif. That to practice upon the Qur'an Sharif, all the laws of Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif are for our practice, for us to bring it in our lives. To bring it in our amal. Otherwise, this is where the complaint will also come. That a person learned the Quran Sharif, but did not practice according to it. The Beast will then complain against him on the day of Qiyamah. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا That my people abandoned the Quran, they forsook it. So this is the right of the Quran Sharif. Iman, Tilawat, Amal, many other rights of the Quran Sharif. This month of Ramadan has come that we now build our ta'aluk again with the Qur'an Sharif. We strengthen this contact. We strengthen this link. And let the Qur'an be our guide in everything that we do. Person who will recite the Qur'an Sharif, though he didn't understand sometimes what he recited, because he doesn't know the Arabic language, so he didn't understand, but the nur that will come from the tilawat, that nur will guide him even in his dunyavi affairs, even in his worldly decisions. That nur of the tilawat will guide him even in his worldly decisions. It will guide him in deen, it will guide him in dunya also. And that will become the, the means of him getting closer to the amal of the Qur'an Sharif also. So, all the laws of Allah wa ta'ala and the explanations Nabi Sallallahu was given in the ahadith, and the clarification of this, the fuqaha have given us, all this is for us to make amal upon, to bring into our lives. Whether it pertains to ibadat, that too is in the Qur'an Sharif. Our mu'amalat, monetary dealings, that too is in the Qur'an Sharif. Our mu'asharat and social life, that too is in the Qur'an Sharif. Amal on that is also required. Our akhlaq, that too is all discussed in the Qur'an Sharif. So amal bil Qur'an encompasses all the departments of deen. It's not that deen is only in the masjid or deen is in the month of Ramadan. Deen is 24-7, 365 days a year. At some time or the other, some aspect of deen is directed to us. So to bring all this in our lives, for that we have to acquire the correct knowledge from the correct sources, be in the company of the right people, the pious people, those who have true knowledge, the ulama ikram, learn from them, acquire this practice from them and to keep this going forward we need to keep purifying our hearts keep cleaning out our hearts by means of the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, by means of the company of the pious and the sulaha in this way that nur of iman will keep building and being in the right environments in the right company we will then remain in the right direction Allah ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us the tawfiq وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان 
Allahumma <laughs> 